the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Thanks for joining us, the Bob France Authority, at seven minutes hour after the hour of nine o'clock on this free for all Friday, the second morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord 2019. I truly mean it. Free for all today. Anything you want to talk about, we are guest free. All right. Moderately guest free. I, I, I have asked a friend to call in. And so technically, that would make him my guest. Of course, you are all my guests when you call the program. But I have asked David Arredondo to call in uh, specifically because he wrote a really interesting piece, an op-ed today in a local Lorain County newspaper about the state of the state of Ohio, the state of the state, as it pertains to uh, its political leanings. David Arredondo is the vice chair of the Republican Party in Lorain County, and um, he wrote a piece about Ohio still being red. Of course, Ohio voted for Donald Trump four years ago. Well, three years ago, technically. But by the time we get to the election, it will be four. And, of course, we uh, continue in the state of Ohio to sweep the legislature. And we continue to hold the governor's office, et cetera, et cetera. What does that mean going into 2020? David Arredondo will help analyze that and perhaps look back at the two nights of demon rat debating that went on in Detroit. And last night, the President of the United States, back uh, uh, back at it, kind of on a campaign trail, but kind of just doing what the President does. He does rallies. He's been doing them since he launched his uh, political career and campaign. Uh, obviously, in 2015, 2016, he's been doing them ever since he even uh, he was elected. That's just the way that it goes. That's how he operates. Uh, and some call those uh, presidential campaign election or campaign rallies, even while he is uh, serving as president. Some people don't like it, but to them I say, go pound salt. The president deserves a bit of the benefit of the doubt, considering the beating that he takes on a regular basis. If he wants to campaign a little bit more, a little bit longer, uh, you know what? He has uh, my blessing. And that's what he did last night, although this is, of course, officially campaign time. 
the president in Cincinnati, right here in the Buckeye State, uh, talking energy, talking trade, talking immigration, talking abortions, talking about uh, socialism, and I think it was a wonderful message. Not a fan of the look, I have to say. I, I, did you? It, it wasn't just my TV, right? <laughs> I guess not, because I'm seeing the pictures on the Internet, too. Um, I don't know. I don't know. All I'm going to say this is this about the president. Embrace the gray. It's okay. You're 74. Embrace the gray. Whatever color came out of that box for yesterday's appearance is the wrong color. It was an orangish yellow that I've never seen before in someone's hair. Just embrace the gray, Mr. President. You look di- dignified um, and, uh, and, and, and much more impressive, I think. So just, Mr. President, embrace the gray. Having said all of that, it's not about how he looked. It's about what came through the... Uh, uh, you know, the messages that came through that we're going to talk about today. But we're also going to talk uh, about, obviously, the Demon Rat debates from uh, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night. We we analyzed a lot of that yesterday. But more has happened since then. And it's not just about what happened on the debate stage as we talk politics, presidential politics, to start this Friday morning edition of The Authority. Um, it, it's about more than just what came on the debate stage. But it's about what happened after. Because now we have audio that I want to share with you. Um, from the post-debate interviews on MSNBC and uh, and on CNN and other, of course, leftist locations. But the Demon Rat candidates um, were out there saying sometimes, sometimes even more outrageous and outlandish things than they said on the debate stage. And that's hard to believe, actually, but seriously. Listen to um, Jay Inslee who is the climate psycho uh, from Washington, who, D.C., or I mean, uh, state that is, um, who decided to find a way to blend climate change and President Trump's racism. You know, the racism that everyone has accepted in the mainstream media as just being a fact. Not an allegation of racism and accepted, oh, he's a racist. Okay, let's talk about why and how and how we deal with that. Uh, it's just that embarrassing, but this is Jay Inslee from uh, Post Game. Or post debate. I think it was a good debate last night. And look, we know what we're dealing with. And one thing I did say last night is we we do not need and we should not allow white nationalism in the White House. And we Democrats understand the despicable uh, sickness and pathology that is in the White House right now. I would like to again remind you at this particular point in time that the Democrats are accusing Donald Trump of using race to divide. They're accusing the president of being racially divisive as they sit here and call the sitting president of the United States without any evidence at all. They call him a white nationalist. A man who wakes up virtually every morning trying to figure out how to divide us. The racism (laughs) is blatant from Donald Trump, and we all Democrats understand that. We don't need too much to... A verbiage to make that clear. See, and it's important to note there when you listen to Jay Inslee saying, oh, the Trump, the president is a racist, and we Democrats understand that, and we don't need too much verbiage to make that clear. I want you to ponder that. I want you to think deeply here, get, be a little more critical. Why do they need not need much more verbiage to make that clear that the president's a racist? And the answer is because the president hasn't given them any verbiage to make that clear. The president hasn't said anything about his political opponents that is racist in nature. They don't have any evidence of him saying racist things, so they have to say, well, we just understand it. We just, to, to Democrats, it's clear. 
We can take anything he says and ascribe racial motives to it. If he criticizes Alexandria Damasio-Cortez, we can ascribe racism to him because she's a, a person of color. Since he criticized her, he doesn't like her color. He criticized Elijah Cummings. He is a man of color. So since he's a man of color and got criticized, clearly Trump doesn't like his color. So they don't have verbiage to use to, criti- to point out the president's racism. All they have is their own innuendo. And, uh, we don't need too much to, uh, verbiage to make that clear. But I think the debate was useful last night in defining the, with more clarity where the candidates are. And I think it was very helpful, frankly, to my position to show that uh, I have a uniqueness, that I am the candidate who will make fighting the climate change crisis the top priority for the United States. And I am the candidate who has a binding commitment to get off coal. And I am the candidate... Okay. Who has experience in my state doing that? He's uh, he's uh, the candidate who is at zero to one percent. He is like what I used to call Dennis Kucinich. I used to call Dennis Kucinich every time he ran for president, Captain Homogenized, because it just reminds me of Milk. He's one percent or two percent all the time. I think Inslee might be worse. He might be skim. I think literally he's at zero percent milk fat. At any rate, um, yeah, he's also, there's a reason why he's at zero percent. You just heard him. He wants to run coal miners out of business. How'd that work out for um, Hillary Clinton when she said, we got a whole bunch of coal miners we're going to put out of work? (laughs) How did that work in coal country, Hill? And how do you think it's going to work for the Democrats now, including Jay Inslee? But let's stay on his allegations of race. And let's, uh, let's let Michael Bennett double down on that. I, I, Joe, you're making an, an incredible point, I think. Donald Trump, for a guy that's never, apparently never, never read a book in his life, has perfected this reactionary, racist, arsonist playbook for running this country. And it's why I said last night, his racism is enough for every single American to vote him out of office. It should be disqualifying. And we, all of us, not just Democrats, but independents and Republicans as well, have got to come together and figure out a way to close over this guy and close over this racism. I was in a shoe, uh, shoe shine shop. Yes, stop there because uh, the rest of it is relevant. Again, he's racism, 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 racism. They are apparently full believers. They're true believers that if you repeat a lie often enough, it will become the truth. They're believers in that. If we say it often enough, if we scream it loudly enough, it will become fact in the minds of the uninformed. It will become fact in the minds of the unintelligent. It will be fact in the mind of the ignorant. And that is what they're running with. They're hoping that between now and 2020, November of 2020, so they've got themselves what? Uh, what, 16 months left, I think? they got some 16 months left, um, if my math is right, and it might not be, to make the name Trump synonymous with racism, with white nationalism, with Nazism. And that's their mission. They don't have to have verbiage. They don't have to have facts. They don't have to have evidence. They just have to say it long enough for it to become the truth. Perception is reality. That's another age-old uh, uh, adage that perception is reality. It doesn't have to be true. If it is perceived by the, by, by the receiver as truth, then it is truth to them. 
you don't have to be a racist, but if you are perceived as one, in their mind you are a racist and thus are going to be treated accordingly. And how are you going to be treated? Well, by the far left, um, you're going to be treated about as despicably as one can imagine. I want to add the next piece of audio for your consideration. And be prepared for this. This is Chris Matthews. Isn't he Tingles? Was he Tingles? I think he was Tingles, right? Chris Tingles Matthews, the one who got a tingle up his spine or or chill up his or his, or his leg. It was a tingle up his leg listening to Barack Obama talk. That's what it was. At any rate, Chris Matthews, on his program on MSNBC yesterday, took it to a new extreme. Chris Matthews, speaking with his guests and discussing the president's criticism of the infestation of Baltimore by rats and rodents, um, that makes President Trump Hitler. That makes President Trump Hitler. And even worse, it makes President Trump, President Trump someone who is prepared to act as Hitler acted. Please listen. Infested, infested, infested. It's a word. It's vermin. It's, it's a Hitlerian term. You go back and read Goebbels and all that stuff. It's all about the Jews in that case. It was inf- its use of the word vermin, infested. It, he's obsessed with this thing about cities. Well, and this is, this is the Nazi playbook, right? And you dehumanize uh, people. You say they're infested. It gives you the reason to, I don't know. Well, exterminate you know, to exterminate them. Or something like that. Um, and I think that this is, again, his way. And he's done it for every single one of these cities and what many of these you just heard on a cable news network even though it's very lowly rated and not too many people heard it uh they didn't know that chris matthews just described president donald trump as hitler who is prepared to exterminate minorities because he sees them as vermin because he has continually used the word infested. Um, infested, by the way, is a verb. Um, it, 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 you, you, something can, can be infested, or it can be an ad, ad, uh, adjective as well. It is describing the condition of the city, of the area, of the place being, uh, being uh, discussed infested with rodents and and with with rats is not a statement it is not a description of the people who are forced to live with that infestation and yet he is making the claim as is his guest that the president in speaking of infestation is talking about the people the predominantly black and brown population of west baltimore being infested and therefore extermination is is due this is this is beyond the pale this is beyond anything that is acceptable not that any of these phony allegations of racism are acceptable but this is beyond anything that they've even done before apparently using the word infested which means something that is overrun with filth apparently that is now a racist dog whistle isn't it representative elijah cummings This morning, I left my community of Baltimore, a drug-infested area. What? Wait, wait, what? You did what? This morning, 
I left my community of Baltimore, a drug-infested area. Infested? Are you, you're saying that your community is infested? Don't you know that's Hitlerian? Don't you know that's Goebbels-esque? Don't you know that means you're calling for the extermination of the infestation? Wait a minute. It can't mean that. Not when it comes from Elijah Cummings. Elijah Cummings isn't white. And if you're not white, well, then that's not the same thing. This is how bad it's gotten. A simple descriptor of a, of, of a, of a, of a, uh, you know, to like I said before, to in, to infest something is to is to have these this undesirable uh, substance. This un, and I'm trying to find a way to, to lump drugs and and vermin and and rats and rodents and stuff all together. If something is infested with those things, it is a very very dangerous, unsafe place, and it is. It is a problem for the human beings who live with that infestation. And calling out the infestation is what Elijah Cummings was trying to do, to say we have to get rid of the drugs. And calling out the infestation is what President Trump was trying to do, we have to get rid of the rats. And yet one is lauded for his concern for his community, the other is called a racist, who is looking to exterminate human beings. A lot to unpack there, friends. I know that, and I want your thoughts on it, too. 216 Get up and on the line. We'll get you up and on the radio right here on AM 1420. 9.28 now, the Bob France Authority. Short segment here, and that's okay. Went a little long with the audio in the first segment. Uh, let's get a few phone calls in before the bottom. Dave is calling us from Lakewood. On AM 1420, the answer. Hi, Dave. Go right ahead. Uh, Dave, you got to listen to me, not through the radio. Dave, are you there? Yeah. Okay, good. Go ahead, buddy. I've been uh, I've been listening to uh, Trump for a couple of years, and uh, I'll tell you, the the Democrats they have nothing going for them. All they do is call him a racist. I've listened to Trump's speeches, and I've never once heard him say make a racist statement. They have nothing going for them. They're hanging on this racist thing till they're blue in the face. And even even if I were a Democrat, I would say, come on, give us something to chew on, not this, because they, it, it, it's a dead dog. I'll just leave it at that. It makes well, me sick. Well, Dave, you know, it, it makes me sick as well, and, and especially because they know what they're doing is dishonest. They know what they're doing is disingenuous. I have um, a video that I posted earlier this morning onto my Facebook page, my private face, my personal Facebook page. I have not put it up on the France Radio public page yet. But if you're a Facebook user, Twitter user, Parlor user, I'll make sure that you can see it on all of those at France Radio. It's a short video featuring two separate introductions of Donald Trump from Rainbow Push Coalition founder and president and black civil rights leader to some, Jesse Jackson. It's a three-minute video when Jesse Jackson introduces Donald Trump and honors him for his lifetime of service to African Americans. And this is, of course, before President Trump became involved in Republican politics. It is staggering. 
to see how a man can be saluted for service to African Americans by African Americans until someone wants to beat him in in an election. Until Democrats want to beat him in an election. And then the man who was saluted for his service to African Americans and his partnership with them in his entire public career, or private career technically, but he's a public figure, but in his entire career, suddenly he becomes a Republican, wants to become president, is president, and now the same man that was saluted by the same African Americans is being called a racist by those African Americans, all because of Democrat politics. It's staggering. I'll share that video with you on as many social apps as I can uh, during this bottom-of-the-hour news right here on AM 1420, The Answer. News, opinion, insight. This is AM 1420, The Answer. I wonder if Ohio is misunderstood on the national stage as it pertains to its status as a swing state, as it pertains to its status as the correct predictor of presidential elections over the course of the last several decades. That's uh, the subject of an op-ed that I read this morning, essentially, from uh, David Arredondo in a Lorain County newspaper, the uh, question of whether or not Ohio is red or blue or purple and the uh, ultimate uh, swing state. Uh, David's argument is that it is clearly red. And David, of course, is red himself. He is the vice chairman of the Republican Party in Lorain County. He joins us now to analyze right here on AM 1420, The Answer. David, good morning. How are you, sir? Um, very well. Thank you, Bob. And uh, uh, thanks for having me on. How are you doing? I'm good, my friend. I'm good. I, uh, I was glad to hear the president yesterday, uh, smart, uh, scheduled a, a campaign rally here in our state. It was down in Cincinnati. He uh, uh, scheduled a rally there to uh, come right on the heels of two days of Democrats debating against one another, tearing into one another, but moreover, tearing into him. So it was an opportunity for him to kind of uh, respond to some of those things. So I'm pretty happy having uh, seen that. And I do want, by the way, David Arredondo, to ask you your impression of the Democrat debating on Tuesday and Wednesday night after we talk about your uh, your, your op-ed today on, uh, on Ohio's Absolutely. status. So, you know, everybody talks about Ohio as the ultimate swing state. As Ohio goes, so goes Not anymore. Nation. You mentioned Not that anymore. in your article. That's been the reputation. <laughs> it, but, okay, it's over. F- fire away. <laughs> tell, tell me what you mean by that, that it's over. Well, uh, just uh, want to say that given the history of the last 30 years, beginning with the Voinovich uh, governorship in 1990, and then with the Taft governorship, uh, and then uh, skip over for four years of Strickland, and then we continued with Kasich in 2010 to 2018, and now we have uh, DeWine uh, for four years. Chances are he won't go beyond that, but John Houston is waiting in the wings to to pick up on him in, two, uh, in 2022. Uh, the legislatures have been solidly Republican, both houses, for over the past 30 years. 
Um, you know, and then the, uh, the, the Senate, you know, you go back and forth. You've got the one Republican, one Democrat. That's fine. But when you look at the state offices, there are, uh, they're completely dominated by, uh, by Democrats. Now, the exception was in 2006 coming on, um, the, uh, there was a scandal, um, trying to remember the, uh, the name of the individual, but in any event, it implicated uh, the Republican Party and people in the state house. So, 2006, we lost the governorship and all state offices, the five state offices, with one exception. And I'll touch on that exception in a second. But that lasted only four years. And actually, if you wanted to know what the all-time low for Republicans in Ohio. It was in 2008 when we lost the legislature. Can you imagine that? Uh, today, the legislature is two to one in favor of Republicans. But in that one year, because of the Obama landslide, we lost the, uh, the House of Representatives. Now we come back. Let me reinforce again that uh, we also have 12 congressmen versus four Democrats congressman so any way you slice it five to two on the supreme court out of seven any way you slice it republicans dominate and have dominated for 30 years the uh the exception that i talked to in 2006 that a lot of people aren't aware of is that mary taylor was the lone republican to survive that onslaught and she won the auditor's race by 1.1% over Barbara Sykes, who I believe was a state representative from Akron. Barbara Sykes happens to be black. Now, can you imagine that Democrat voters went up and down the entire slate and voted for every Democrat except for a black Democrat woman? Who is the racist? What party is racist? When you have that kind of result, and I often tell people, never mind what a person says, watch what they do. And this is what Democrats did to deny their, their, their one black candidate a statewide office. David Arredondo is the vice chairman of the uh, Republican Party in Lorraine County. Uh, how do you, how do you, uh, account for the fact that, though, um, Ohio went twice for Barack Obama prior to the president, President Trump's election. That is a little different animal because um, presidential politics tend to be um, tend to be different, and that's why Ohio has gotten this historical reputation that as Ohio goes, so goes the country, and. That happened in 2016. Obviously, it happened in 2008 and 2012. It happened in uh, 20 uh, in 2000 and 2004. Ohio winds are are very much middle of the road, folks. But what has happened over the last 30 years is there have been shifts in demographics. Uh, we have an older population. We also have a population that is no longer uh, a very top-heavy union. 
And that we used to see throughout the uh, most of the state, especially up north, in which the majorities, the Democrats would roll up majorities up here and be able to carry the rest of the state. We, Ohioans are still, when it comes to presidential politics, they're going to be uh, middle of the road. What happened in 2008 and 2012 was we were coming on the um, on the heels of a uh, Republican presidency that wasn't really, really popular by uh, by 2008, especially yeah, by the, the end recession. of it, by, by the last two yeah. years of so, his second term. Yeah, yeah and of course right. that, that's so when the recession started. The, it, it, and it and it it leads to what usually happens in presidential politics, and that is. If the economy is bad, it's bad for the party in office or whoever might be succeeding in an open seat. Right. Same thing happens this year. And these are two verities to piggyback on the debate or, let's see, the 2020 election. It's very seldom that Americans turn out a sitting president after four years. The exceptions were Jimmy Carter in most recent history in 1979, in which the economy and that was a inflation terrible economy. was high. It was yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't great. Plus, plus they were he was doing a terrible job throughout the, the world. The Iranian hostages, et cetera, and then Reagan was just a strong voice, and and so that wasn't too hard to believe. In right. 1992, you had Bush losing to Clinton who, by the way, needed Ross Perot to take 19% of the vote away from George H. Yeah, it's w. the only Bush. reason the Bill Clinton presidency yeah. ever, ever 40, happened. 43% was his, his vote total. So let's skip to this 2020, and you're going to see, number one, it's very unlikely that folks will deny Donald Trump a second term based on the historical, you know, what we see in other elections. The second reason is it's the economy, stupid. Whereas in 2008, the economy was not doing well. In 2000, in 2020, it is doing very, very well. I mean, the bottom would have to fall out. And uh, Democrats keep praying for a recession. They keep praying for the stock market to go down. Uh, I mean, it's insanity. They wish for economic disaster, which would impact them and their voters, but that's what they feel they need in order to be able to beat Trump. So, yeah, not only to beat with, Trump, but obviously, yeah. it, it, you know, they need an economic collapse in order for them to advance the ideals of socialism, which is what most of them are are running on. Uh, David Arredondo is my guest. Wrote a piece on Ohio as a red state uh, for uh, Lorain County newspaper today. David, let me just briefly ask you though your impressions. You know, you you said incorrectly. Looking at history, it's very. Uh, rare, really, for a president sitting and presiding over a good economy to not get a second term, unless, of course, the president is Donald Trump and he can be proven to be a wanton Hitlerist, white nationalist, white supremacist, uh, KKK uh, in a red hat wearing uh, racist. And this is what I heard for two straight nights, not just from his political opponents on the Democrat stage, but from the CNN moderators who asked questions about the president's racism, or actually didn't even ask just made direct statements that the president is a racist. Can this work for them over the course of the next 16 months to just say, you know what, you can't vote for him, forget about the economy, military, foreign policy, you can't vote for him because he's a racist? 
No, that's not going to happen. And again, I point to the voters of Ohio who are uh, who are not extremists, either from the right or certainly, you know, definitely not from the left. So, if we, again, we wanted to use, you know, Ohio as a possible barometer. Just look at our at our our citizens here. We're not extreme, and so this idea of, of being a racist and all. That is not going to overcome the economy and all the other policies that are going in the right direction. So, you know, folks vote their pocketbook. They have very little uh, inflation. Uh, Gas prices are are really uh, pretty reasonable. Uh, They go up and down on a daily basis. They're looking at their 401ks, their retirement. Gas prices are higher are. in Ohio, though. I'm sorry, David, to interrupt, but I, yeah. I want to get your thoughts okay. on this because you just did the whole uh-huh. Republican state thing. Um, you know, the Republican legislature and the Republican governor voted to increase the uh, the gas tax, uh, and that was right. not popular among many Ohioans, myself included. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly, um, I would have to say that, relatively speaking, it hasn't really been noticeable, um, certainly where it is to, today at 259 or so. Uh, so otherwise it might be 249. I don't think folks really think, you know, to me, I don't think folks are thinking, oh my goodness, it's 259, and that's because of the 10 cents uh, tax. So just to, to differ with you, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know, that David. That, I think people think yeah. about it more than you realize, particularly people who drive mm-hmm. a lot. If you fill up two, three mm-hmm. times a week, as as some people mm-hmm. do, and I'm one of them. If you, mm-hmm. you know, especially mm-hmm. if you're if you if you're a business person and you do a lot of traveling mm-hmm. for business around the state, mm-hmm. you know, if you're filling up two, three times a week and you're paying a dime mm-hmm. or a gallon in a thirteen to fifteen mm-hmm. gallon car, and you start to add that up, if you put if you if you total it up over the course of month, a month, and over a year, you're spending a lot more money, and it ticks people off, especially mm-hmm. because uh, I, I'm waiting to see where every red cent goes in terms of fixing highways and improving infrastructure that uh, we have been told that this is absolutely necessary to do there's a lot of people who can't afford an extra you know 20 30 dollars a month in gas costs because of yeah i understand that but the good the good news is that president trump had nothing to do with that 10 cent tax no, I know, I know. So we're, we're, we're so right. That's a state we're, issue. Yeah. It's just I was, mm-hmm. I was bringing that you know, because right. gov- this is Governor DeWine's right. baby, and he wanted high. Right. He wanted more. He wanted what twenty cents a gallon. Exactly, exactly. But it didn't happen, and and we've got uh, three more years before we have to worry about uh, getting our state ticket uh, um, reelected. But you know, in terms of the uh, the primary here, uh, what I wanted to to to, uh, to point out is that. So many of the uh, uh, Democrats are so far left that uh, it's going to be very almost impossible to trek back to the center. And I think, again, in presidential politics, we know how presidential primaries go. Both parties appeal to their right and to their left to try to get the nomination. Once they get the nomination, they invariably back to the center. You know that. They try to walk back, oh, well, you know, I really didn't mean that sort of thing. They are so far to the left, it's, you know, they're wearing these issues of open borders and, you know, free tuition and, and no paying back loans and all this other, you know, other stuff. But the thought occurred to me when I was thinking about this, 
that during the Republican primary of 2016, when we had 17 candidates, and, you know, we're backing this one and we're backing that one, Trump laid out his platform, he laid out his positions. And then it occurred to me that after he got the nomination in July of 2016 in Cleveland, he never walked back anything. He didn't change anything of his platform. The same thing that he campaigned on in the primary, he campaigned on in the general election. Now think about that. That's almost unprecedented. I mean, I will go back in presidential history campaigns, and I bet you not a single candidate from the left or the right ever did that kind of a tactic. Well, you know what? That's a very, very good point, uh, David Arredondo, and I really appreciate you making it as well as giving us uh, the 411. So you are 100% confident, right, that Donald Trump's going to win Ohio in uh, November of 2020? I, you know, I, I really can't see uh, it shifting. Here's what happened in 2016. No, I, I, don't time, I don't have time to go back to that one because I'm but out I'm of time. Saying, here, but yeah, just, you, you think get, it's going to happen? To get, to get, to, yeah, I don't see there's any doubt. And if he gets Ohio, he gets Michigan, he gets Pennsylvania, he gets uh, uh, Wisconsin and and uh, uh, Minnesota, and that certainly solidifies his win. From your mouth to the voting fingers punching ballots uh, of uh, Ohioans in 2020, uh, let's hope that happens. David Arredondo, thank you very much, my friend, for coming on. David Arredondo is the vice chair of the Republican Party in Lorain County. A little bit past our time here. Let's come right back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 957 as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. David Arredondo just joined us, texted me after the interview, and said, no Democrat can beat Trump. And I said, none of the current candidates. I think I kind of tend to agree, based on what we've seen on that stage, none of the current, uh, current candidates can. But what about, what about Michelle Obama? Michael Moore is the latest far leftist to go on the record as saying, we can't beat Trump, but we will if Michelle Obama gets in this race. The former first lady, the wife of the ever-popular Barack, if Michelle Obama takes the race issue to another level, President Trump can't criticize her or else it's going to be racism. Can Michelle Obama, if she gets in this race, beat Donald Trump? That's something that I just asked David. I'll tell you what he texts later. Uh, let me go to Mark in Fairview Park. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Mark. Go ahead. Morning, Bob. I just want to uh, reiterate what uh, Dave said from Lakewood. Uh, these, uh, they have, from what it appears to me, they have nothing to run on. I watch the debates and that, and all I'm seeing are a group of people devouring and uh, feeding on each other, and uh, I think what you're hearing is the last breath of uh, a dying beast, uh, this beast being a group of competitive and unscrupulous people, and that's Chris Matthews included. But what I'd like to uh, make one more comment on is uh, I put down, uh, I think she put down some streets on your uh, teleprompter there, or whatever you have, the uh, uh, this area there, where our church is located in that area, I don't want to make a big issue out of this because the situation has changed, but the intersection there that I listed for you uh, is absolutely atrocious. You know, the garbage and trash, overgrown trees, 
uh, weeds, canvas awnings on the stores and that. Uh, they're just rotting, covered with moss and mold. And, uh, you know, I was going to get in touch with uh, the council person who's head of that district and that, but, uh, you know, and, but all of a sudden uh, I was down working at a church yesterday and I left. And believe it or not, boy, they're out there working and cleaning up and everything else. And I just have a suspicion that uh, maybe we could attribute this to the president's, President Trump's call to uh, clean up some of these cesspools. And uh, I think it might be a wake-up call for some of these council people, because if you saw the condition of that particular intersection that I listed, you wouldn't have even believed it. I mean, people were shocked by seeing, you know, just just the, the, the way it's deteriorated. And this has been going on since the end of winter. And finally here, the beginning of August, boom, they're out there taking care of everything. And as I said, I think... Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'll tell you, it's an interesting question, Mark. i got to get to the news here. It's an interesting question, though. And I would hope that, that there, there is something to that. I would hope that some of these terribly impoverished, blighted inner cities led by Democrats all over this country, just like Baltimore, just like Cleveland, just like St. Louis, Louis just like Oakland, just like uh, Los Angeles, etc. All of these terribly... I would hope the president, uh, with his criticism of Elijah Cummings and the condition in Baltimore, more, I would hope they would all say, you know what, we don't want them coming after us next. Let's clean this place up. Let's restore a little bit of um, community pride. I hope that is the case. Thanks for the call, my friend. News time now. More calls after on Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.